Yeah, yeah, so, you know, on a somber note, you're here with Anthropophagy. It is your man, the Silk Man, El Doso, Leon Bessois, representing H-Town for the, for the time being. Got my man, Louis Newton, in the D. Uh, we got Keenan Harris, uh, L.A. comedian, uh, L, you know, now living in Houston. Uh, and, we, you know, we're we going to get straight into this, man. You know, we, we got three black men, three positive black men, educated black men, aware of the world uh, on this podcast right now, man. We just want to talk about what's going on, man. It's like things haven't changed. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, us feeling like we're, for the slightest thing, the most innocuous thing, we got to be aware of our surroundings and who we are. Like, we can't even go watch birds in Central Park with a fucking degree from Harvard. Without somebody threatening us with the police. I mean, to to be fair, like when I first heard about, uh, and if if you're not aware, we're talking about uh, Central Park Karen. Um, I forget her real name. Last name is Amy Cooper. Amy Cooper. Amy Cooper. She was walking her dog in Central Park without a leash when it's clearly stated that all dogs must be leashed. And there was a black man sitting just trying to bird watch and he asked her to leash her dog. Like, so immediately, and this is just the white supremacy infiltrating my brain. When I heard black man bird watching, I'm like, oh no, that nigga's suspicious. I would have called the police on the too. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, he's flipping those birds. I heard you guys flip those birds. Not right. anymore. I think Birdman's on the loose here. Bird watching. He's trying to rob a nigga. <laughs> bird watching. I think he's Birdman. Bird. That's not a. That's not a Corona. Corona mask. <laughs> that's a robbery mask. <laughs> but then, then I read a little bit further, and I saw the gist of the story. And basically, he asked her to put the leash on his dog or on her dog, mm-hmm. and she flipped the fuck out said he was harassing her and she's called the police actually called the police but before she did she said I'm gonna tell them you're threatening me and you're trying to kill me all this type of she's bullshit like, I'm gonna tell them you're knows. an African American male that's what she said oh yes yes that's what can't she said that part out. she knew <laughs> can't leave that part and that's out. the thing you know how lethal that is you have been informed this bitch went to the University of Chicago School of Business you are aware of this shit that's happening and at the hands of the police. So you pick this you're yeah, in the police wrong. fucking niggas with nightsticks in Chicago. They have black sights, nigga. <laughs> what you talking about? Oh yeah, but just, she's just, she's in yeah. New York though, but yeah, like Chicago, they got it bad. And like she went to school right down there in Chicago, so she know how right. the police act. Yeah. When some she shit know what it is. Off. That's why but she it, said that shit. Exactly. So how, how you feel about this man, Keenan? <laughs> I mean, you know, shit, it's some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, like that's why, you know what I mean? That's that's why it's hard to trust white women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. It's hard. That's why when I'm walking down the street, bro, when I'm walking and I'm and, and I'm behind a white person, I, I mean, just, I, just, I do the hundred yard dash, just right. get in front of, just get in front of them, right. so I won't be on right. suspicious. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to you have to negotiate around their perceived fear of you. 
whatever, whatever you Facts. do. Yeah. You know, and anything. Like you like they oh yeah, like in Minnesota, another thing before we get to the big bag in Minnesota. All right, go ahead. We, 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 let, let, let me give one more thing in on that. Yeah, yeah. And it it doesn't matter your particular threat level. Like it's it's niggas who really out here robbing niggas for bricks. It's niggas who sticking niggas up. And it's niggas who's not doing none of that. It's people right. who go to school. It's people who go to work every day. It's people who have families. Like, it's it's us. Like, we not doing that, but we gotta move like we the worst of the worst. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to say a little bit about who the man was. Mm-hmm. He His last name was Cooper, too. What, what was mm-hmm. his first name? But, but we ain't even uh, got to put his whole government like out there. But Chris, yeah, Christopher the, Cooper. It was, it was Christian. Christian Chris Cooper. Christian Cooper, okay. The, yeah, like you said, he was a... He was, say his say name. His name. That, that's right. He, Christian Cooper was a Harvard graduate. He was a former editor of Marvel Comics, so I gotta get in my Lupin the yeah. Nerd bag. You know, like, it, yeah. I, 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 I fucks with him. And now, now, went from Harvard grad, Marvel Comics, to the senior biomedical editor at Health Science. Damn. <laughs> this is mm. the most... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And the, and here's Shot, the bang. Shots off like, when, when, when I saw the picture of him, like, I saw the article, it was a picture of him with a scarf on, like, like not even, like, a ascot-type scarf with a t-shirt, a tight-ass t-shirt with the American <laughs> flag, but with the rainbows on him. Like, Why did I say tight-ass t-shirt, though? You could just say t-shirt with the rainbow flag. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, tight t-shirts are less threatening. <laughs> like, he right, couldn't exactly. be more or less but even he she didn't describe the t-shirt or his business degree none of that shit mattered the only thing that mattered was black male not even black male African American male oh yeah because you can't say say black because she's woke right yeah she's woke (laughs) and that's the thing man it's like that like we gotta walk this tightrope no matter what like beat by the letter of the law and to the point where hey white people are so entitled we can say hey your rottweiler is shitting and pissing and barking at everybody and I'm over here trying to watch birds you're threatened because I'm telling you you're breaking the fucking rules and in order to justify like and there's another instance that happened like this in Minneapolis they're not talking about too much but um with this situation they had to say black bird watcher we gotta we can't just be black man like for instance in this Minneapolis case that's going on where these these uh they call them black entrepreneurs which is great that you gotta you know to identify them but they were in this gym at this uh this uh office space in Minneapolis I think shit happened yesterday or something so I heard nothing about yeah, this so oh damn I should have put yeah it's uh it's dude Tom yeah, Austin probably should, but let's get yeah, it yeah, bitch ass nigga named Tom Austin Got on, got on. Um, so some some uh, dudes came into the gym at this office space, like it's a it's a corporate office space or whatever. They got different office buildings, right? And they got a gym in right. the bitch, right? right? So this this bitch ass nigga Tom Austin um, says, <laughs> um, "I'm calling the cops. Do you guys work here?" Um, okay, what what leasing? So he started I, I, when I'm calling the cops. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "Do you work here?" And then he immediately he's on video calling the cops on him because he's. Cause he doesn't think they work in this building. There are mall. It's not just. This isn't just 
a general mills building. This is a building with multiple office spaces. You don't know who works right. in this office or that office, but you see exactly. two, you see some black men going into this space. It's suspicious, and you got to question them. Like it's the same thing with like any luxury. Like even if you make it, you know, even if you're successful as a black man, like Mr. You, nigga. Exactly. nigga, nigga, you live in this apartment <laughs> complex. They ask him, "Do you live here?" or Oh, that's what search you got? Oh, that's Michigan State search? Did you graduate from there? <laughs> Bitch, fuck you. But anyway. Real, real quick, to be fair, if you came in my elevator with a Michigan State uh, shirt on, I would think sneaker. you're trying to rape me. I'm not mad at that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yo, man, like... The point I want to make about that shit, though, is like they got to note that they were black entrepreneurs, black. I I can't just be a black man in a space like I can't be in a quote unquote luxury apartment or at L.A. Fitness or in fucking Central Park looking at birds in order Mm -hmm. to vindicate me in this situation. You have to. I can't just be a man. I got to be more than a black man. I got to be an entrepreneur. I got to be a bird watcher. I got to be a doctor. I got to be all this extra shit. So in those cases, politics. yeah, those kids, exactly, those conditions are fine. And then that way, we make it out of that. They lose their job, they lose their lease, they dog. Okay, Karen, Becky, whatever. We need to make a name yep. for these for these white dudes that do this bullshit. But you know what though? Like all those attachments he had on his name isn't what made this pop, bro. Like that that, that shit would have meant nothing because you wouldn't even have known his name. The only reason we know his name in what happened is the other thing that happened to be going on in that mm, video. Right. She What's was that? strangling the shit out of that dog. Oh, Because yeah. she was holding it by the collar. <laughs> right. <laughs> Them white people seen that shit and they wasn't having it. <laughs> if it was just her calling the cops on a nigga, then, oh, right. uh, yeah, okay, we see that every day. Like, mm-hmm. we, we'd have heard about it once and forgot about it, but, oh, no, she, she she's abusing that poor animal. <laughs> they, they took her dog. Right. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Where again, we come, like, you always hear the stereotype, oh, white people care more about animals than they do black people. Oh, they want to get Michael Vick out of here, but George Zinnerman, they, they don't give a shit about it. Like, th- th- this is kind of an example of that with her <laughs> like choking the shit out of this dog that she had just got, by the way, <laughs> from a shelter <laughs> and just that visceral reaction. And honestly, I think I might have seen more along the lines of the first, well, I'm not going to say more but the first stories that pop up when I searched for it were her uh, losing the dog. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and it's uh, you want to see more of this because it lets people know, hey, you, there's this white, that's that white supremacist mentality of like, how dare you be in my space? I have to qualify and validate that you are here. I have to put you in a category and say, okay, yeah, he's fine. He's the black guy that's this. He's, I can't just be in this space without you questioning my worthiness of this space. Mm-hmm. That it, and then it goes all the way down to like, you can't even exist in the spaces you're supposed to be in without suspicion. Like this, this couple fools shit in Minneapolis, Greg Floyd. Greg Lloyd? Greg, oh. Yeah, Greg Lloyd? Greg Floyd. Floyd. Floyd Greg Floyd. Yeah. yeah, say his name, Greg Floyd. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Rest man. Peace. But yeah, man, like, yeah, Keita, I know you, uh... But yeah, maybe Greg Floyd, like, you know, if you look at his background, the people who speak about him, 
you know, I'm not sure if it was what his occupation was, but he, you know, definitely was an upstanding man. It don't even matter. Yeah, right? it's, it, it, exactly. You shouldn't have to qualify. It shouldn't it matter. It was murder. He was a man and he got murdered. It should not even matter. That's, you know, and that goes back to uh, Christian's case, you know what I'm saying, with him being a bird watcher or whatever, like, you know, he, you know, they say that to say he's, he's non-threatening or whatever, but mm-hmm. that exactly. shit don't matter, you exactly. know what I mean? Like, because, you know, at the end of the day, he's a, he's a person. He, he, he deserves equal treatment, you know, regardless of his color, you know what I'm saying? But exactly. this this whole Floyd thing, man, that, that really got me because, like, Duke was not even resistant. Mm-hmm. One, he, was, he wasn't resistant, too. It's like what they got him for... Was it for fraudulent checks? Yeah, at couple yeah, foods. Yeah, right. He tried right. to he 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 this this motherfucking yeah. this this motherfucking cash register bitch going to call the cops thinking he wrote a bad check to buy four dollars in ramen noodles. <laughs> that was the situation. Four dollars. And, and when bro. I saw the camera, they pull it. They pulled my man out of a Benz, a Benz truck. So you mean tell me a dude coming out of a bench truck walking in a couple foods is writing a bad check? So you say, oh, you see a black man in the bench, he ain't got no money, he just did that from fraud. So I know he's not gonna. I don't, I don't get it, man. And, it, it, and that's another. It goes Honestly, into, if, if I see a nigga pulling out a checkbook. Uh, I, I'm not taking checks. Who got checks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah facts. Who got checks? Facts, no, yeah. nigga, you dirty. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna call the police because I don't right. want you to get a neck to a, a knee to the neck till yeah, death. But nah, like, nigga, but you gotta go next I, door. With I'm this thinking shit. you dirty, but this not my store. Like I'm taking that shit. Like, oh yeah, this, this shit fake as fuck. <laughs> it's still, it's like I don't know how to. I mean, I, I didn't. I try to look into this, but. In order to get somebody for writing a bad check, the check has to bounce, which means you have to take that check to the bank, and then they say the account doesn't exist, and then you go and you go and arrest them and all that kind of stuff. You can't on the spot say somebody's writing a bad check, right? How would you I, know I'm, that? I, I have no idea how that shit works, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't be a way to tell so you definitely couldn't hold him you definitely couldn't call the police because what would they arrest him for until they know that check doesn't clear exactly but what my what my man was saying like he wasn't resisting like it, it goes past the part where he wasn't resisting he was already in handcuffs the whole time he was in custody he was cautious like, on handcuffs like, sitting down peaceful as you could be no no laying I'm, face down laying well, I'm face talking about down even before that I'm talking oh, about yeah, right, yeah, he was right. just sitting on the sidewalk they got another yeah, they, yeah. they got another footage where they showed him sitting on the sidewalk and the cops came and and, and you know picked them up and they started walking towards the car and then you know it cuts after that but you know of course the next foot is following is, is him being on the ground with somebody right. knee stuck in his neck and I swear man that's the scary 10 minutes and dude was like saying I can't breathe like we still saying I can't breathe you know what I mean dude was it's, just sitting, exactly. sitting up there it's like right. really begging and pleading for his life like you know that call for his mom you know what I'm saying towards the end like Really, really like, yo, this this guy's a victim. Like, this guy, like, why are you doing this? And, and the scary, man, the scariest thing for me about this stuff is they feel they have probable cause to do whatever once they say you're resisting arrest. 
I just went in to, I just went in to go buy some ramen noodles. This scary ass motherfucker behind the cash register just called y'all. Now I'm in handcuffs. I'm confused. I'm frustrated. I don't know what the fuck is going yeah. on. I'm not going to be the most calm, cool, and collected person when I got a bunch of motherfuckers with guns in my face and flashlights and metal fucking handcuffs on my fucking wrist. And the slight movement I make, you can constitute as I'm resisting arrest. So you're saying you might fear for your life. Hell if yeah. you were a police officer, you would be allowed to kill the person who made you feel right. like that. But you're not. You're mm-hmm. a black man. So you got to take it. When, whereas you could be doing nothing wrong. They could be doing nothing wrong. But if they fear for their life, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything that would make them feel like that. But if they feel like that, they can shoot you in the mm-hmm. fucking head. Yeah, it's objective. Because that's they, all they got to prove, that they were yeah, in fear of their life. Yeah, they were in he had on red but, pants. And, and, I fear for my life. And, and, for and again, like, so we go through all this shit knowing that's the the threshold that they have to meet to put a bullet in us. All they have to do is be scared. If we make them be scared, we know that that is a possible outcome. But we're the ones who are scared because of that fact. We're the ones who frustrated because mm-hmm. I know you're doing this to me because you're scared. Like you're scared, so you're putting me in handcuffs and putting me face down on the ground. Like, cause you's a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, you can't look me in my eye and talk to me like a man and explain shit. So you got to do this shit because you's a bitch. Mm-hmm. And that could end my life. Not the fact because that you you a you a bad motherfucker. No, cause you's a Bitch. Bitch. Hell yeah. It's it's fucked up. Shit, man. But that's the thing, like but, they get you. Oh, you got it. The silver lining for me, this shit sparked a massive protest that turned into an uprising in that community that has been dealing with this shit for years. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the first, he wasn't the second, he wasn't the third. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't isn't that where Philando Castile got killed? Yeah, it is. In his car, in a seatbelt with his baby in the back seat, this bitch obeying orders. Cop. Shoot you. You not even in the driver's seat. He wasn't even driving. He's a passenger. Ain't that some shit like you? Mm. Like you get, and I remember shit like that growing up, man. Like we driving around. Not only do they get my ID if I'm driving, they get your ID. They get yep. your other other boy ID. Like they don't do this with white people. Not, Not at, all. at all. So they just they're on a hunt to find something. It, you know, I, I keep going back to Ava DuVernay. God bless your soul, baby. I'm single. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for the one right now. But to our documentary 13th, man, it's like, it, it's a system. It's designed, the whole point is they see us as enemy combatants, and they also see us as profit. So in any yeah. case, you're going to try to find something to get us on. Mm. And that's an interesting point, because I was talking to this... Uh, Actually, white. She's a she's a white lady. She's kind of like she lives in the sticks. She's a fucking kind of a hermit separatist type anti-government. And her whole thing is 
the media don't give a fuck about y'all black motherfuckers. They don't care. They could care less. They don't hate you, but they don't give a fuck about you. They're gonna sell what sells. So what sells is violence. If it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. That's the type of shit. If it scares white people, then that's what they're gonna run. So who owns those companies though? It's billionaires who also own prisons. So yep. her whole thing is what they're trying to do is kind of um, boost up these uh, racist ass stories where cops are fucking over black people to try and incite violence and incite these riots because that fills up prisons. Yeah, I don't know that I believe that, but it's a it, like that shit made me think like, oh shit. What do you think happens during these riots, man? Like they they locking people up and stuff, you know? Yep. People go to jail behind this stuff. So so if you're constantly, and I'm a victim of that, man. I I, I, I follow police brutality IG page and crimes in the D on IG. <laughs> so I'm looking at this stuff, being aware. But yeah, it's like. Anything in, in uh, hashtag crime and crime. What, what is it? Crime in the D, D or crime in the D? Crimes in the no, D. it's crime in the D. Hashtag crime in the D. Just search that shit. You'll see a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, man. Um, and it's I, I really want to dig deeper into this about just police force and and um, the notion around they're here to serve and protect, but. I don't really recall them being around before slavery was over. There was no need for it, but now, but now, you know, they are, they are, they pop, they, it, it, I just find it interesting that right after slavery, we got police forces and then crime is an issue. And it's like the whole notion of you're not a human being, you're this crime you committed throughout the news, like the black robber, killers, right. rapists and things like that. Like you immediately become this thing, even if you didn't do it, just being the accusation of it. Exactly. Uh, and that's, that was uh, just in watching um, I Am Not Your Negro. I know you checked that out too. Uh, oh, definitely, definitely. The, I fuck with it. But before we get into that, I kind of want to stick with this, this shit that's going on in Minneapolis. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mentioned a silver lining, and for me, it wasn't just the uprising and them saying, "No, y'all are gonna feel our pain." Like I read a quote from one of the protesters who was there. They said, "Oh." They don't see it until it's right in your, right in their face, yeah. and we right here. Right. They they don't have to see it, you know. But they seeing it now because right. shit burning to the fucking ground. And Otherwise, that should it'll just be in one ear and out the other, and and unequivocally every single time when some shit like this happens, you see the well-meaning black people saying shit like. Oh well, what are they gonna accomplish? Why are they burning stuff down? What does that have to do with what happened to that man? And mm -hmm. that's an actual fucking quote on my Facebook. Somebody actually said yeah. that on a comment when I shared the story of the shit going on. Uh -huh. And my my answer was, well, actually, that shit accomplishes a lot. I'm from Detroit. You from Detroit, like, we had an uprising mm -hmm. in 67. But and before you go to that, I, oh, go I, ahead, go ahead. it was so Minneapolis that 
their riot in a Target because I, I went to I was uh, I, I interned at, at General at General Mills over a summer in Minneapolis and I'd say I never had that experience. Um, and also, it was weird to me. I've always before this because this was like 2011 that I, I was an intern there. Uh, yeah, 2011 at the summer there. Uh, I didn't feel any racial tension at all. I felt like black people are really wouldn't. thriving. No, but think like let me just paint the picture of Minneapolis <laughs> since we're on it, right? Yeah. I had experience there. Yeah. Like I, I worked at General Mills, right? And it's a big company where you had a lot of big wig black people were making a lot of money, big corporations oh, okay. there. Like, you know, or during an internship, you know, you're going to visit people's houses that are like managers and stuff like that for like events. Right. So you know, black people got big mansions, got heated garages, all that type of shit, man. And it's like very inner racial relationships are, 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 are a thing there. It's not a really racist place at all, man. Like Until you drive to Target and get your ass beat by the police. Yeah, and it's weird, man, because I, I never... It's I never, weird. No, it, it, I'm saying, like, because you, you think about, we, we try to compartmentalize the, the the terror that black people go through in this country. Right. You know, we right. either say, oh, that's the South, right? Oh, that's just how they do mm-hmm. in the South, right? Or... For instance, Minneapolis. Like Minneapolis, didn't, they never had slaves. I'm pretty sure their history is similar to ours in terms of like Native Americans. Like they came in and took over the land from Native Americans, and if anybody was a slave, it was Native Americans. But yet still, there is this in, this this animus towards Black people. That where does that even come from? You know, it's just weird, man. Well, it comes from the the fact that like we didn't have slavery or segregation legally but like we had the exact same segregation it just wasn't written down into law like we didn't have a white only drinking fountain or white only school but it wasn't no black people in that school Mm -hmm. and no black people could go to that school you couldn't buy a house in that neighborhood because they wouldn't sell you a house into that neighborhood Mm -hmm. so it it was still there but what, what you were saying about Minneapolis, that's cool. And y- yeah, you wouldn't feel it, but imagine somebody coming to our neighborhood and we knew this growing up. Like, Eight Mile was, when you crossed Eight Mile, you were going into a different city. It was the mm-hmm. suburbs. Yep. You knew the difference. You knew yeah. put your seatbelt yeah. on, make sure, turn your music down, all that. But if you if you was just right, like visiting and driving upgrade shit past eight miles, you wouldn't know that. You would feel like everything's cool. You might not get stopped by the police, but that don't mean it's not a fucking problem. Right. And it was a legit fucking problem and has been in Minneapolis for years. Literally, yeah, because to your point of like saying it was for years, right? It's it's a systematic thing, man. It's just like the exactly. fact that the cop you got four <clears throat> cops come into this minor in the minor infraction at this liquor store right. basically right. lets you know what time it is around here. You know, in, in yeah. terms of yeah, we're going to keep our and, and to your point about Detroit, like oh, you know, with with uh, and we didn't really have that. Like going into Detroit, man, I feel like I didn't have that experience of feeling like I was under terror of the police in Detroit. I felt it when we got when we got into the suburbs, like you said, exactly. across Eight Mile exactly. in Detroit. We had no problem, really. We we had it, it was a lot of black cops. It was a lot of cops who lived in the city and. <laughs> The cops who were white, I'm not even going to say white cops, but the cops who were looking for crimes and to prevent shit, their whole thing was, 
you got guns, you got drugs, you don't have, you got drugs and no guns, we gonna throw the drugs out the window and get the fuck out of here. Like, oh, they, they were looking for guns. They were looking for real shit because real shit was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, so they, they didn't really fuck with people like that. Right. To my experience. Yeah, they, that's they, a good they point. Bad, they, they were definitely bad cops out there who were definitely doing dirty shit and keep in mind I'm not talking about historically I'm just talking about in our lifetime yeah, yeah. And when we like were coming up 90s early 2000s exactly but even then when I was fucking in middle school to early high school it was gang squad like I don't know if you heard about gang squad but I heard horror stories I was terrified of gang squad cause they was beating the shit out of niggas yeah I heard about it For, but uh, the circumstances I heard about them it was weird I heard about them like breaking up high school parties and shit and I wasn't that cool in high school so I would just hear about it I would never be at the parties <laughs> see see me and you know what they, they probably should have broke up the parties I was going to cause we had a whole fucking club like it was a club from high school ran by the fucking security guard at my high school who I would come to find out years later was I don't even want to get it. it we know. Yeah, yeah we know. That, that yeah. was why he was doing it. What do you think? Yeah, it, 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 it was bad, bro. It was bad. And that shit hit home. Like, uh, whatever. So, but that, that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to mm-hmm. say was even in, in those days, like, we knew the gang members because there were gangs, but they wasn't gangs like Bloods and Crips, not back then. Like, they, they, it, it, it was like kind of neighborhoods. You rep your street, you rep your block, you rep your hood. Like, so those things would come to the club every fucking time they had the club and <coughs> shoot that bitch up because the security guards wouldn't let them in because <laughs> they already knew what they was about and shit. But, mm-hmm. but nobody ever got shot. That's what we was dealing with right. it, it wasn't no terror of like white I wasn't cops. scared of the, the the gang member with the gun shooting up the club I was scared of the police but really like with the gang squad go into that a little bit more of like they were so they were just beating up kids for no reason or suspicion of you I'm might be sure, in a gang or I, I'm sure that's not their like with, with general orders or whatever the fuck you call what the police do but the, those were the stories I was hearing as I was young like coming up like oh the, the, them gang squad motherfuckers they they uh they swing on you blah 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 don't say shit sideways to them don't like you cause they they'll whoop your ass like that the bottom line is they will whoop your ass at the drop of yeah. a they are a special paramilitary unit when the gang violence breaks out in the roughest parts of Detroit even the police call for help god damn big guys with big guns <laughs> yeah man I went to cast I was singing in the choir and shit I didn't have to worry about no gang squad <laughs> nigga I was good you know what I mean? so that was like so it, <laughs> yeah I went yeah I went here for any of but, that but that kind of <laughs> go back to a little bit earlier it was the big three like you, you ever heard about the big, big three big four big four 
Oh yeah, shit, yeah, Big Four. So, big four. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that, basketball. That's where I that's where I was thinking you was gonna go because what we're seeing in these places uh where you're experiencing like a Minneapolis or in East Ferguson, Missouri, it's white uh-huh. cops having this overreach, this racial bias and, and, and like mm-hmm. putting their foot on the neck of a black man for any any sort of infraction. That's what we were exactly. experiencing before the rights. That's what was happening in Detroit, where the police force was like 99% white, and the city at that point was maybe like 30% black, but all the police were just designed to keep black people out of those better neighborhoods, out of the, right. the school system, right. out of not, it was all about just, you don't belong in this area, so I'm gonna beat the shit out of you and question the fuck out of you because of that. Right, so, all right, fast forward back to the present day with the uh, shit that's going on in Minneapolis right now. Mm-hmm. You'll get black people saying, well, what's the point? Why are you doing this? That's not honoring his memory. All right, pause. If the I get murdered by the police when I wasn't doing shit, I'm not Good. robbing no bank, I'm not committing no crime. If the police murder me, burn the fucking city yeah. to the ground. <laughs> like, burn all that shit. Like, nah, I, I don't want, I wouldn't want everybody to come together. Yeah, That's not what I would want. I, 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 oh, that lets get, them uh, off easy. We forgive you, officers, so they can go and do this man. shit again. Man, if I would haunt my mama until she dies if I see her hugging the police officer that shot me. Hell yeah. <laughs> but she Fuck wouldn't that do that. I, I, I know this. But uh, on, on some Game of Thrones type shit, Lou Ponda, Blur, I choose violence. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, it, anyway, so like I was saying, they ask, what will it solve? It's not serving the memory, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at it, like, again, we from Detroit. I'm, I'm pulling from our rich history. We had an uprising. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an interesting thing because, like, I didn't hear the term riot and associated to what happened here until way later in my life because my, mm. my pops, like, mm. he was... In, in, in the movement like he, yeah, he yeah. was a radical like like so was my mother like so anytime I heard about that shit it was in the context of uprising yeah. it was there was intense pressure like mm-hmm. racial pressure on black people like we weren't allowed to move freely we didn't have freedom and it was just a air of oppression and that's what sparked the fucking the uprising right so i i i heard about it from that lens and then like when i was older i heard right i'm like right it was a right oh you mean the uprising they were like no it was right like they they didn't have that context that i had and i and um i'm glad glad you brought that up man because in reading that book uh detroit 1967 which they should have named the Mm -hmm. movie detroit 1967 not detroit but anyway uh that was a big point. That is a, a clear point of distinction that, that falls squarely along racial lines of what 1967 was considered. If you're talking about mainstream white America, 
it is called a right because then you can point Detroit in the narrative of this dangerous black city that destroyed itself. But if you're a black person, especially a revolutionary radical who knows their history, you know that that was an uprising, a rebellion based upon intense pressure put on black people to keep them in certain areas. We didn't have Jim Crow, but we weren't going, like you said, we weren't in their schools, we weren't in their neighborhoods. Um, we had the worst of conditions. Well, you read, you read The Economist, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I seen an excerpt money in The Economist about the uh, 67 uprising where they didn't just call it a riot. They called it a ghetto. And I, I'm using air quotes with my fingers. Ghetto riot. <laughs> That's what The Economist called it? The Economist wow. called it a ghetto, ghetto riot. It was all about how black people ran white people, the people with money, the best people. Oh. They said the best people Nigga. left the city. They said that. <laughs> Man, good thing I don't have no pers- pers- uh, subscription to them no more. I was just going to renew this shit. Hold up. Yeah. I see in this article too, man, but they want me to sign in or subscribe and shit to read it. Y'all some hoes, man. <laughs> they Republicans, man. Hell what yeah. you expect? But anyway, <laughs> so m- moving along, like it, it's not just how they refer to it and how they categorize it. It's what they don't tell you. Like you read the book mm-hmm. about. Uh, uh, what, what was it? Detroit 67? Detroit 1967, yeah. Detroit 1967. We both saw the movie Detroit that was a small excerpt of the riot. But what you don't see anywhere is like the aftermath. And they try to hide that. Like, because there was a lot of shit. Like, when black people say, oh, and well meaning black people who just don't want to see violence they say like don't don't commit violence that's that's not the way it's not going to help anything and it did and and that's a i mean that is a very very subjective way of looking at it saying it it did help so from the standpoint i would say of, saying it didn't is more subjective but go ahead continue. all right so the so we grew up, we came up in a city going like down a little bit back to where we were. We grew up in a city where you didn't necessarily have to worry about white cops pulling, you know, beating you up or pulling you, you know, pulling you over in your own neighborhood. Uh, because most of the, at that time, the, the, the police were black, right? I mean, when right. I played football and basketball, I played in the Detroit Police Athletic League. So I didn't grow up with this, this notion that the police were bad or any of this stuff in Detroit, oddly enough. But um, okay. with so that's the the big bonus in terms of like that like in term, But when we're talking about economic scale, it, it, it took a huge toll in terms of um, businesses moving out of the city. I mean, even at that time, all of these these companies that started in Detroit, Chrysler, Ford, General Motors, they had pretty right, much moved right. all their operations outside of the city. So. The interesting thing about that book said that Detroit didn't suffer necessarily like local racism. At the aftermath of that, it was more regional racism to the point where you live in a city, the only job you can get is making $8 an hour out in Roseville or something. 
whereas a white person can come back in the city and only jobs here, they aren't the, like the job you can get right out of high school where you can make good money necessarily. It's a job where you gotta right. go to the suburbs to, to work a service job. And, 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 and the reverse of that is if you got a job in the city, it's a job that requires master's degree or higher level of education. That's so you got white people That's coming that. into the city to make the money, but since they live in Roseville or Livonia, all that tax money is going to their city as opposed to back into Detroit. So what happened is the tax base shrunk, the opportunities for a strong middle class of people having jobs that they can get crash jobs, that left. So there's a quote, and I know I'm gonna misquote it, but this guy said that yeah, they black people burn down the city just to end up with an empty bag or some bullshit like that. There's a quote that's in that book. So, give me your point of saying like it was good. All right. So, when you say people would come from the outside of the city to come get those jobs that you needed a master's degree to get, those weren't jobs that you needed a master's degree to do those were just jobs that they purposely tried to keep black people from getting and that was a thing like yeah you could work at one of the big three but you gonna be shoveling coal into an open flame with gasoline draws on because that's a requirement of the job for some reason you talking <laughs> like, about when you we did have, have jobs here in the city yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, right. Yeah, it, they, we, were, it was we got the up. worst jobs in the place. That's for sure. But the good jobs were reserved, and you would be lucky to get one of them shit jobs. Like what happened after the riots? They started focusing on hiring black people because they like, okay, yeah, this shit getting out of hand. We can't tolerate this type of shit anymore. Like so, they it, it was positive shit that came from that the the requirements for those jobs that you were talking about, they just threw them out the window. You they said, okay, we're just hiring everybody. No, you missed my point. And, when we're talking about the city, we're talking about actual plants in the city. There aren't any really plants in the city. Like, for instance, you work in a plant. You don't work in Detroit. You work in Warren or But wherever. there are plants in Detroit. There were plants in Detroit. It was Detroit Axle. It was fucking... That, that one off of Mac. Like, there, there were plants in the city. There were. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying the negative impact well, of no. what happened is that all of these opportunities moved out of the city. So the jobs that you're saying that, yeah, there was a, a small period where before, yeah, we were shoveling coal into a furnace and then those some of those white people left. But attrition happened where those jobs left too. So the people and, left and, what, and then the jobs moved, the facility, they stopped work, they stopped renovating the facilities, they stopped having factory permits to build facilities in the city, all that stuff is eventually moved out of the city so that in order to get a job that you didn't have to have a, a degree or whatever, you had to live in that area, you had to be in Warren or wherever, or have to drive out there, have transportation. When I'm talking about the jobs that require a master's degree, I'm talking about to be a lawyer or to work in the hospital system, that's what I'm saying, the, the jobs that pay really well in the city were those jobs that required a college education at, you know, around the time okay. that we were coming up. And what I'm saying is there were barriers, artificial barriers, to prevent oh, yeah, yeah, black no people from getting jobs. <laughs> that, that's what I'm so saying. So that's the like, positive. That, it went talking. away. Right. It went away. Yeah, I got you. My bad. Right. So there were these artificial barriers that were in place just to keep, like, for no other reason, but just to keep black people from getting jobs. Like, and 
after the riots, they passed laws that fucking took those away. Uh, like e- e- even in in the police department, like right in the the riots were in '67. In August of '67, the fucking state department, the state police, they hired their first black officer because of that mm-hmm. shit. And the local police, the Detroit police, it was e- even more than that. Like the black people made up 14 percent of the Detroit Police Department at that time that was double what it was before the riots like they, they were making progress and it was specifically if the riots don't happen that doesn't right. happen yeah, but so. it goes it, it goes further than that though mm-hmm. it was housing laws because we just talked about how Detroit was one of the most segregated cities yeah. in the in the fucking country mm-hmm. because they they were allowed to not sell black people uh fucking houses in certain areas and we had a Republican governor I believe who no had to be mayor who like had legislation to kind of end that shit and his party the Republicans were like nah fuck that we don't want them niggas around us like yeah. they, they blocked it blocked it blocked Oakland it County, after Oakland's the riots Patterson. yeah this was way before him no no but, he was around during that time Oh god damn yeah. That nigga's old as shit There's it a fucking quote In this book man Let me see if I can find Keep talking We're we'll trying to find The quote That this nigga said Real quick Alright so This is um From Sidney Fine He said The Detroit riot Of 1967 And the racial disturbances It triggered elsewhere In the state Including Flint And Pontiac Swelled the number Of Michigan cities With fair housing Ordinance To 15 By November 1967 the largest number in any state at that time to 35 by October 1968 including some of the Detroit suburbs that had previously been almost entirely white Mm -hmm. so like we're able to move around specifically because of that right I got this quote I got this quote right but I got the quote so Elbrooks Patterson was quoted as saying, among other things, what we're going to do is turn Detroit into an Indian reservation where we herd all the Indian into the city, build a fence around it, and then throw blankets in, and then throw in the blankets and corn. Fuck. He's on record that saying that shit. Evil. That motherfucker was on record saying that. God damn. Yep. You know but, he was around. He was thirty. He was born in thirty nine. So this nigga was sixty seven. This was like a rising star in the race. You know, in the race war, and that's how he took over Oakland County. Damn. Yep. All right. So taking County that into executive. account, if if we're living in a time where white people are stepping on our necks. They're propping themselves up by standing on our necks with oppression. And that's just our life. And then we riot, burn shit down, and then they leave. They're not going to leave and be like, all right, y'all got it. They're going to leave and say, we're going to turn this into a wasteland. Y'all are going to, you think you get in the city, but we're going to fuck y'all over. Mm -hmm. Much like, uh, what what, what am I thinking of? Much like Haiti. 
mm. Haitian Revolution. Mm-hmm. The, the, it was it was slaves like the French brought slaves there, and they revolted and won and won the fucking war. The only successful slave. Yeah. The nation that got got independence and it, it's a recognized nation but what happened was after the fact all the white people of the world was like well we can't have that and just decided to fuck them over yeah as recently on. yeah as recently as what 2018 it was something that happened in Haiti yeah. right yeah, that, that, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So when, when when we look at this and say the white people are leaving and taking their foot off our neck, we can't look at it as, oh, we lost. Like, no, we won. Because yeah. when You're all right. them 100%. white people left, that gave us political power. Because now it's, it's black people voting and black voices matter. And what we did was elect Coleman Young mm-hmm. who went direct like he was going to war with L. Books Patterson I remember yeah. that yeah. shit yeah. he was passing all type of laws that was counteracting the racism and oppression that we were going through like the oh shit oh, rest uh, in peace, Wayne County Sh- not rest in peace rest in rest power, in power my baby. Like, yeah so we oh Right after that shit, like it, the, the fucking Wayne County Sheriff, I can't remember his name, but he was like the, the great white hope. He was the last super racist ass motherfucker after all the white people left. George Who Wallace? Was going, was that, that, that don't sound like George Wallace. Uh, Roman Gribbs. Roman Gribbs. Roman Gribbs, yeah. Roman Gribbs. He, he was the Wayne County Sheriff. So he, he created this fucking. This, uh, this nigga used to be the mayor of Detroit too. <laughs> Shit, Rolling I didn't bricks. know that. Yep. So it was stop the robberies, enjoy safe. Oh, stop the robberies, enjoy safe streets. Stress. That was the unit. Mm, so yeah. he created this. Yep. Yeah. He created this police unit yep. who used to do stings and what it really was was entrapment and they would do like raids on houses where they didn't have warrants. They would just kick niggas' doors down and murder people. Like I think it was uh like the, the early seventies, maybe seventy one. Yeah, seventy one to seventy four. Right yeah, after that yeah. is when uh Coleman Young got elected. He got elected in seventy four. That's why he got elected, because he was standing up against them. They were trying to disband them. And at that time, when once they created that unit, we had more police deaths than any fucking city in the country, mm-hmm. specifically off of that one unit. Because they was... Yeah, 22 men died over three and a half years because of stop the robberies, enjoy safe streets. Years uh, Years. Well, it said uh, 24, 24 men died, 22 of them African-American over the course of three and a half years through uh, stress. Oh, shit. Okay. I thought it was months. Well, but, but whatever. Like, it That's was good. more than any other city in the fucking country. And we're not that big, right. especially after all the white people left. Like, so, like, city, yeah. it, they established that, which led to combing A. Young, which led to him dismantling that, which led to us getting black people on the city council and mm-hmm. it, us being in control of our own destiny right. and it it fucking is shit that would never in a million years have happened had that riot not riot see you uh, got me using the name words I didn't that use that word I, was just, I, I, I wasn't I'm not in the 
I'm not. Fuck that. I ain't never say it was right. I never said that. It, 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 it seems like some shit you would yeah, say. I was so just posing I, I just went with it. Well, fuck you. I was just posing the <laughs> argument of uh, the distinction between riot and uprising and how you do yeah, so it. Had, yeah, go ahead. Basically, if you're black and right. So, had that uprising not happened, we wouldn't be in the position we are right. now, for better or for worse. Well, yeah. And it would be a lot worse because I would rather struggle with my own fate in my hands mm-hmm. than be successful in oppression by white people like in mm-hmm. the, the level of success is different because you getting what they are willing to give you yep. and living with that fucking degradation and that fucking humiliation like no I, I get it on my own I get it out the mud before I eat scraps off your fucking table yes sir that's what I'm on 100 man yeah man so I I totally see your point of this always helps. It creates change. It lets people know we ain't having this shit no more. So, but obviously from these, you know, white people and the self, the the respectability politics, black people uh, from their gilded fucking home or whatever, they're they're saying, oh, you know, that's not going to solve any problem. That's just going to make them want to, you know, see you more Mm -hmm. as a criminal and all these things, you know. But, uh, what we need to do moving forward, man, we, don't, we ain't got the answers for this, but we don't have to have the answers. The, 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 the question's right in front of us. Uh, we, we're not asking a question. They're always asking a question, trying to question our existence, where we're supposed to be, who we are. We have to justify ourselves. Mm. It has to get mm. to the point where they understand that, uh, oh, yeah, let me just round it out with this, man. I just watched I Am Not Your Negro, and we got to look at this from the Bye. standpoint of, like you said, like they literally had their knee on our neck with oppression. Why? They propped themselves up with their knee on our neck exactly. for oppression. Like James Baldwin asked the question of why, I'm not a nigga and I am not your Negro, but why do exactly. white people feel the need to have a nigga, have a Negro, have this specter of someone, who this criminality that they can see is beneath them, that they have to create units like stress in the big four to keep us in these areas when all we want to do is exist. But, oh. you know, yeah. That's an easy answer for that. Go ahead. You will catch it next time. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, this has been another fire episode, man. We appreciate everybody locking in and, you know, with us, man. Big shout out to my boy, Kenan Harris. Uh, you can follow him on IB Kenan on uh, Instagram. Uh, but, yeah, it's been another episode of Anthropopagy, man. What you got to say to the people, Louie Newton? Oh, I, I, I'm tired, bro. I, I'm, I'm tired of the same old bullshit that my father was tired of, mm-hmm. that his father was tired mm-hmm. of, that his father was tired of. I was listening to a, a Dr. King interview, like, just on some YouTube shit as I was, because somebody said some stupid shit to me on Facebook, so I was looking for the, the actual quote of mm-hmm. when he was saying that the riot is the language of the unheard, mm. like and he don't don't get me twisted. I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to say that he advocated violence or rioting, but he understood that when you have no voice, when society strips your voice from you, mm-hmm. you act out 
in aggression and that's what it looks like and he understood that and didn't necessarily condemn it so like i was watching that and the reasons behind what he was saying how he was explaining it he was explaining how the people who were doing it felt and he could have been talking about what the fuck is going on today right now that's that's the shit man but uh But we gonna keep, man. We gonna, man. We gonna keep moving along, man. We gonna keep our heads high, and, and we are gonna confront them with the truth at every chance we get, and make it to the point which you can't deny. You, you can't deny what's happening to us, and you have to do something about it. You know, you can't comfortably be in our spaces, be our friend or whatever, but when shit hits the fan about this, you want to stay quiet. And if we lose some followers, so be it. But if you fuck with us, make sure you subscribe to Anthropology. We're on all the app, on the platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You got a question or you want a topic you want us to address, hit us up on Anthropology at gmail.com. But always keep it locked with Anthropology as we mind and mind culture. Peace. Peace.